Welcome to Last in Line Podcast, where we are highlighting, showcasing, and spotlighting great leaders of faith who have overcome adversity, cultivated resilience, and served others in a significant capacity. So settle in and be encouraged by this episode of Last in Line Podcast. Yeah, so if you're listening to this live, uh, I will have been at a corporate company national meeting all week, one that I usually dread with every ounce of my being and one that I wish uh, never had to take place. I'm not a big traveler. I'm not a big corporate drink the Kool-Aid, get myself in the spotlight type guy. So for years, I've stressed, I've been anxious, I've dreaded these meetings in advance even. And the night before is usually riddled with that agitation and probably some irritability mixed in and but this week was different um i I, in hence the the outline that i'm bringing to you today the whole reason for it is i kind of got tired of doing things the same way every year and putting myself through that putting my family through that and really dreading something that i'm blessed to have a job blessed to be paid like I am, the job that I do, flexibility like that I have in my schedule. Uh, My manager is probably the best manager I've ever had in 25 years. Um, And I've got a lot to be thankful for. So I don't know why I dread these. I mean, I just know that sometimes these meetings are all about people trying to get in the spotlight, trying to get promoted, trying to get uh, noticed by the big wigs, do a little butt kissing and some networking and some hobnobbing and rubbing elbows with big people and trying to be somebody that just quite frankly grosses me out. And and I'm sure I did that early in my career, but I, I've been down the road so long right now that I don't have any desire other than to continue to make more money and continue to be uh, managed as an adult, not micromanaged. And, and so I, I have, you know, not really high expectations other than just let me do my thing and pay me well for what I deserve based on my performance. That's really all I asked for. And, uh, you know, the knee jerk reaction on my end has always just been negative toward the rah, rah group, the people that are out there looking for that next, rung in the corporate ladder, that next stepping stone to have a title of prestige, right? To justify their existence. We've got all these departments at these corporate meetings. You know, if you've if you worked for any kind of a size of an organization and you have corporate meetings nationally once or twice a year, maybe you don't, maybe you work for a small company and you've got staff meetings or you've got different meetings, maybe multiple times through the year just to plan strategy and do those things. Uh, just meetings with your boss at the very least. If you're not in the corporate world, if you're maybe in the blue collar world, you still have meetings with your boss. You still have maybe gatherings with coworkers and and you probably know to a degree what I'm talking about when you got that guy or that group of people that are always trying to get noticed by the boss and they're always trying to do the extra thing. And they're always wanting to create these group activities and interactions. I mean, I get it. I, I can play the game and I always have. Uh, but I don't have to like it. But this year's different, okay? And I, the reason I say all of that, to bore you with all those details, especially if your job it is doesn't pertain and it doesn't relate to you, but bear with me, indulge me for this next 25 minutes or so. My title of this tonight is Stay on the Radar. 
I've always tried to get off the radar, fly under the radar, just not, you know, I don't need to be noticed for good stuff. And I really don't want to be noticed for bad stuff. Like I don't, I don't need to be on any kind of radar. And that's what I've, you know, in the last probably 15 or so years, that's been my philosophy early in my career. I'm sure I had agendas. I had goals. I had aspirations of jetting like a rocket ship through, you know, corporate America and becoming this magnificent leader on paper that gets paid all this money and leads all these people. I don't know. I, I don't have that anymore. And that fire's not in me. I guess different seasons, I've got different fires. Okay. Um, super focused on my family, super focused on leading this family the way I'm supposed to spiritually, physically, emotionally, uh, financially. So I, I'm, I guess my goals have changed a little, but if you have those goals, I'm not knocking that. I mean, I mean, if you're early in your career and you've got those aspirations, go for it, man. And here's what I'm going to tell you. The reason I have this tonight is I'm saying, go do that stuff. Go for it. Go try to move up the ladder. You know, that's great. I'm not in that season, but here's why I had this episode and how's, here's why I call it stay on the radio radar. I've got three reasons that we need to lean into these uncomfortable environments as believers, as Christians, which all of you are, I'm guessing. Um, if you're sharing this with non-believers, I would love for them to email me, lastinlineleadership at gmail.com. Let me know your, your stage in the game spiritually. Let me know your questions. Let me know where you stand uh, with you and God relationally, not religiously, but relationally. That's a big difference. So, I mean, I, I think that it's time that I start looking forward to these meetings <laughs> hurts to come out. That tastes really bitter coming out and saying those words, but it is a dichotomy. It is a, I'm sorry. It's a, uh, it's a mental shift. It's a paradigm was the word I was looking for shift in me because I've always wanted to be left alone. I've always wanted to just do my thing, contribute, be a good performer, be, you know, this guy that just leads by example, that does his thing, keeps his mouth shut is a good teammate, but not super interactive with teammates uh, on a daily basis, really only when I have to be. Um, and, and people could have different viewpoints of that role and that philosophy and that viewpoint, not whatever, to each his own. But I'm saying this is coming toward me saying I need to do some things maybe a little different. And I'm coming down, you know, on the downslope of my career, hopefully. I've got 10 good years, I think. Maybe God's got a different plan. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. But if I'm locked into this 10-year plan of before I retire, I'm thinking of maybe switching gears a little in my mindset of how I look at these type of meetings. Um, so I think we all talk about seeking discomfort physically. Anybody that listens to my podcast also probably listens to a bunch of others that I listen to, and we're constantly hearing how men, right, and it's it's not wrong, need to lean into physical discomfort. We need to pursue voluntary hardship, which working out with weights, that's what I do in the garage. It's hot as crap, and that's what I consider very uncomfortable. But I think in this context, we need to maybe lean into some uh, discomfort from an environment standpoint, okay, from a relational, from a vocational, uh, we need to get into environments where we don't want to be. And I say all that as a caveat to say within reason, obviously, I didn't say go bar hopping and get in, get around, uh, you know, volatile situations just so you might be able to witness to somebody in a bar on a Saturday night when everybody's drunk. That's not it. 
But when it comes to corporate America and it comes to what I'm talking about, it's time that I start looking through a different lens and having a different perspective as to how I approach these meetings. Now, I'm not, I, I will say I'm not trying to be the guy on stage. I'm not trying to be the guy in the spotlight at all. What I am saying is I think there's some things here I can give you some reasons that we need to lean into that. Okay. What, what I think we get locked into sometimes, and I do, men do, fight or flight mode, and I just assume not be around the people I don't want to be around. I just assume not put myself in situations that I don't really want to be in, that I don't look forward to having interactions with certain folks. I think as ambassadors, if we're doing what we're called to do as ambassadors of Christ, we probably need to mingle with certain people we ordinarily wouldn't consider in our same sphere. Okay. Maybe we don't have a lot in common with certain people and I'm going to have to be in that situation. There's people that I just flat out don't like in our company, but I think I'm going to put myself to a test and try to relate and try to have some commonality, try to bless in a way, maybe just try to at the very least encourage somebody who I wouldn't ordinarily want to encourage. That's my challenge uh, going into this week, I will say. And you're listening, like I say, you're listening to this on a Thursday when I'm actually coming back. So maybe next week I'll give you a, an update and a recap on how that went. But Michael Easter wrote a book called The Comfort Crisis. I read it earlier this year. You've probably read it talking about really getting super uncomfortable. Okay. Well, we can do that without having to hike to the top of a mountain in the middle of a, you know, couple of feet of snow to shoot uh, an elk or a bison or something. But we can do that in our own worlds in corporate America. Um, so flight's not an option, obviously, where discomfort is a possibility. That's not an option for us to just kind of get under the radar, fly under it, get off of it, you know, kind of dig a hole and just hope nobody bothers us. I think that's what I've, I've kind of been before. Um, granted, I'm personable and granted I engage when I need to, but I don't go out of my way to... I think you get the point. So the do's and don'ts here, what I consider do's and don'ts uh, of manhood when it comes to these kind of uncomfortable environments that we don't always love. Okay, men don't run, men don't cower, men don't hide. Okay, men run to danger. We run toward it, right? We dig into discomfort. We're supposed to step into the fray. And if you're looking at corporate America now and how woke things start to be transitioning, uh, I I consider that as fray as it's ever been. And so not that I'm stepping into this wokeness, but I am having to be around people that believe certain things that I don't necessarily believe. And I have to get around corporate people who feel like they've got to focus on this diversity and inclusion, right? And equity, um, equality, those kinds of things. And so I, I'm having to get out of my comfort zone when it comes to this situation. Um, we don't always have to voice our opinion when it, when it differs or con contradicts someone else's, but if it's being forced in our direction, we are called to stand up and have a voice and have a, a say, have a, have a viewpoint. Okay. Have a perspective in love, of course, but truth is truth. So that's where I stand. And I don't have a problem doing that. Uh, when it comes to these kind of meetings, I don't know that that ever is going to be a situation, but if it is, I'm, I'm prepared for it. I have an open mind just because I know kind of where our company is going. I know what we, we like to put ourselves in the bucket of all these companies who are getting on board with 
the wokeness that's out there in the culture. And we're kind of downstream of just don't piss anybody off. Everybody's equal. Everybody's, you know, we want this diversity inclusion. I'm all fine for that, but I don't need it to be a focal point. I don't know why we have to make everything such a big deal, such a, such an initiative. Okay. Have to be part of our agenda all the time. I just think we draw attention to things that are unnecessary. Let's just include everybody. I mean, everybody's got a child of God. Let's just include, you know, we're all equal, but we're not all, you know, our roles aren't equitable. That's a whole different conversation. Um, so here, here's what I've got for you. The enemies of courage are avoidance, conformity, and passivity. Now, I say it takes courage to want to stay on the radar, want to lean into these uncomfortable scenarios, these environments where you may be tested, you may be um, stretched, you may have to have a conversation that may not be fun, or you may just have to go along to get along when it comes to, now I want to make clear, I'm not meaning in all areas, I'm saying when it comes to participation, con contribution, discussion, being a company guy, and, and being a good teammate, and having input, right? Uh, I think that's what I'm talking about. Normally, I would just kind of sit there, not really like a bump on a log, but just kind of like a guy that doesn't have much to say and un unless I'm forced to say something. And I want to be viewed as somebody that's actually bringing value to the meeting, to the discussion, to the small groups, to the exercises, the workshops, whatever. I, I want to try to be a, a valuable contributor. That's all I'm saying. And that's outside of my wheelhouse. That's for this season anyway, that's kind of outside of what I view important. And I've really tried to go the opposite direction, but now I'm trying to think, okay, maybe to be discomfort, maybe to be uncomfortable, I need to be a little more uh, amicable in those environments. So that's where we're at. Why do we double down guys? That's the whole point. I've got reasons why we lean into the fray, why we lean into these uncomfortable environments sometimes Maybe they're not so uncomfortable. Maybe they're just not super advantageous uh, for us. Or maybe they're just not aligned with some of our thoughts and opinions. Let's get out of that box. Let's don't box ourselves in, okay? Look, I got three reasons. I got three why we double down on visibility. Why in these kind of meetings, and this is limited for the talk, to your company, your job, your career. But it could apply, I'm sure, to other situations, your friend groups, right? Uh, different different areas at church, maybe you need to stretch yourself. Anyway, this is pretty much limited to corporate America because it applies to what I'm going through. So hopefully you're relating and hopefully it's relevant. All right, we got three. I got three reasons, okay? The first one is the world needs winners, Okay. The world is hungry for winners. The world loves winners. Yes, the world loves underdogs, but really and truly, the world follows winners. They follow people who have figured something out, who are good at something. They follow people who are successful. They follow people who bring value. Okay, So the world needs winners. And look, I'm in a sales organization where it's very competitive and we all want to win. There's a list at the end of the year that the top five people go on a trip. Okay, I've missed it by a couple spots a couple years. I've finish middle of the pack a couple years. This year I'm on track to maybe be in the hunt. I don't know. Uh, I'm not super motivated by that, although I'd love to take my wife on a free trip. But I'm motivated to just be good at my job and to help people in the work I do and to build more relationships and trust with customers. That's what I love. But the world needs winners. 
Okay. You can define winning however you want, but I'm going to tell you winners participate. Okay. Winners contribute. Winners bring solutions. Okay. The losers, the people who are problematic, only focus on negativity, only focus on problems, only focus on why we can't do something, only focus on the people they don't like, only focus on where they think the company should go, why we should get paid more money. They only focus on, I've mentioned this before, they only tell you it's raining. They don't provide a solution for how to get you out of the wet rain. Okay. I don't need another, another weatherman. I don't need to be a weatherman. I need to be the guy with the umbrella when no one else has one. To me, that's a winner. So I'm trying to be more like that. I've been, I've had my share of success in co corporate America. Uh, I feel like God's blessed me when I didn't deserve it. Trust me. Uh, there are things that I've done that I thought, wow, God really blessed me there. I don't know that that warranted that kind of blessing, but he is good and gracious and, and he blesses his people. I don't know how any other way to explain it. So it's bigger than me, but God, God calls us to win. God calls us to be winners. I mean, the second one, that takes me right into the second one, okay? The world needs winners for number one. The second one is world needs our witness. Look around. Look at the Grammys, okay? I think it was the Grammys. Maybe it been the AMAs, but look at the Super Bowl halftime show. People are glorifying satanic figures. They're glorifying Satan himself. They're glorifying anything that opposes the Christian worldview, anything that opposes God, the Father, the Creator, Jesus Christ. They're, they're opposing that, so they're obviously dishonoring what you and I stand for, and they're blatantly, egregiously in opposition to that, to the degree that they are honoring the antithesis of God and Christ, the Antichrist, matter of fact. So the world needs our witness, guys. What if there's somebody on the fence with their faith, and they're watching the Super Bowl halftime show, and they're thinking, wow, if God's so good, why are they making such a big production about these satanic type rituals and, and people are dressing up like the devil and we're all clapping and cheering and buying their crap. Hmm. What's that about? Okay, guys, the world needs our witness to either at the very least counteract the enemy and, and then glorify God and show people why it's worth following, pursuing Jesus. Okay. Successful Christians bring glory to him as long as we're doing it with the right heart and the right way and, and not, counting ourselves as strong, okay, that he's strong when we're weak, and then lifting him up when we're on that podium, okay? Strength is attractive to people. Strength is attractive to everyone. People want to follow the strong person because they feel like they're secure and safe, okay? Physically, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, those guys that are stable, rocks that are steady all the time, never too high or too low, we want to, we gravitate to those people because we feel secure, we feel safe, feel like there's a peace about them. That's the world needs our witness. Whenever there's a group at the at the meeting and they're all talking about how bad the boss is or how bad the company is because they don't pay enough or how we're going this down this rabbit trail and why are we doing this? Maybe we have a voice of that's that's in the opposite direction. Maybe we come out with something that the company's doing right thing we do like about the boss, the thing we love about our job and how grateful we are we're not looking for jobs online. Maybe we have that voice. That's what I'm saying. That's I'm telling you now that's what I'm going to do in the week that I'm at, which is this week that you're listening. Um, hopefully I come back with uh, really good information for you. Uh, Christian worldview isn't weak and boring. We've got to show that. 
I think we've shown the world, unfortunately, that Christians are vanilla, that we sort of ride the fence, that we're silent, we're we're just kind of the silent majority. I hate that again. I keep saying that, and people, I just don't like that. I mean, if we're the majority, we need to be more vocal. Otherwise, we're really not. The, the majority factor is irrelevant. I think we need to uh, show that it's not weak, show that it's not boring, and we're not just for the sake of being contrarian, uh, contradicting everything and opposing every group that's out there, but there are times we need to stand up and show our strength. And we're not boring. We can have fun. Christians have fun all the time. Come on. Uh, I thought that before I was a Christian. I thought, there's no way. I have to give up everything that I enjoy. And that that was totally not the case. Not the case at all. So the world needs our witness, guys. Again, successful Christians glorify God. They bring glory to our witness. Strength is attractive. When they see that, they're like curious. They want to know, why are you not shaking? Why are you having such a positive outlook? Why do you have this solution? Why are you so valuable? Well, you know, that's an open door for you to talk about your faith, for you to talk about that it's way beyond your strength, way beyond anything magnificent you've done. Yes, you have to do work. Yes, you have to put your hand to the plow, your feet on the ground, but God's working through you. So it gives you an opportunity. Okay, the third one, guys, the world is in a woke stranglehold. That's the third reason we need to lean into these uncomfortable environments, especially at work. Everybody's got an open mind. Everybody's enabling of all these viewpoints that contradict everything that America stands for, everything that Christian values stand for, everything that morality stands for. Okay, And it's seeping into our children in our schools. It's seeping into our churches, seeping, of course, into our politics. Absolutely. So you don't have to get into a political debate at work. That's not a place to do it. But there is a way to be abnormal and to be different when those conversations are coming out to enable those viewpoints. If it gets to a point where it's out of hand and everybody is talking about these things of evil and glorifying these woke organizations and these groups that are and an, the antithesis of what we believe as Christians, we can just remove ourselves. Like I'm not saying we have to verbalize everything and every single disagreement. But we can't just remove ourselves. We can't just say, look, guys, I don't agree with that. You're more than welcome to your opinion, but I got a better view. I got a bigger God. I got a God that believes this, this, and that, that I believe in him, and this is not what I stand for. Um, believers don't bend. Okay, We don't bend. We don't give in, right? We don't just agree for the sake of conversation just so we don't cause ruffle any feathers or cause any... Uh, discord or we create any waves okay don't want to do that okay so believers don't bend we don't necessarily we can just remove ourselves again like i just said or or we can just stand firm say respectfully disagree with your opinion and here's why uh that's that viewpoint's not going to get us anywhere and if you look around that viewpoint talking about someone else who has that more woke culture view Where's that gotten us? I'm pretty sure it's gotten us down a rabbit hole of misery and torment. So anyway, that's just a pointer on how to handle that, some of that. And, and I, I have no problem engaging there. Um, but then lastly here, since the world is in such a woke stranglehold, I think a reason for us to get into the fray and lean into that environment is, look, we infuse ourselves as a light in a dark place. There's plenty of darkness. You don't have to look hard. You do have to look kind of hard to find 
the light, the salt and the light. Okay, and that's what we're called to be. So infuse that light into darkness by having a positive word, an encouraging word, something of hope, something of faith. You can preach the gospel without saying a word, guys. You can just love people, be kind to people. Um, you can, when someone asks, how come you're so successful? How come you're so at peace? How come you're not negative when there's everything around you says you should be negative? That gives you a chance to say, look, I have been that way and I, my Christian faith and following Christ and reading the word gives me hope. It gives me peace beyond anything I can understand. It's beyond my own strength. So what an opportunity to be that light in that darkness. Guys, I, I haven't always felt this way in a corporate setting. I've just kind of zipped my lip and just kind of sat and when called upon had input, but it had to be really direct and it had to be really just pointed calling me out to have input before I would ever speak. I think it's important that we lean in, we stay on the radar, we glorify Christ in the process and we bring that light into the darkness and I think we see a world hungry for a witness. Okay? So let me go back and I'll recap some of these, right? We don't cower, we don't run, we go toward danger, we go into the fray. Here's three reasons Again, stay on the radar, guys. Don't fly under it. Don't get off of it. Don't avoid it. Let's stay on the radar. And here's why it's important. The three reasons I gave you, okay, why we double down on visibility, okay? The world needs winners. It's attracted to winning. It wants to follow a winner, one with a right heart, one with good intentions, one that loves people, one that's encouraging, but one that leads and one that's strong and one that stands firm, okay? World needs winners. That's the first one. Second one's the world needs our witness. Third one, the world is in a woke stranglehold. So we're called to be different. We're called to be abnormal. Okay. We're called to bring light in the darkness. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here faithful. Thank you for encouraging me. Those of you who send me messages, those of you who rate and review positively, uh, continue to share this. Guys, you are awesome. You are winning souls for the kingdom. You're growing the kingdom. You're representing the kingdom. And I'm proud to say I'm shoulder to shoulder with you in this battle. With that, be blessed.